Anyway, um, before we start, uh, can you tell me who likes to receive gifts? <laughs> what sort of is the best gift? What type of gift is the best gift? Chocolate biscuits. <laughs> what other sort of gifts? Flowers. Anything else? Sorry? Books. Oh, I bet Gwen loves that, doesn't she? That's why I said she's not here. The free kind. Free time. Okay, yeah, gift of time. So, what is the best gift that anyone has ever received? Sorry? Any other gifts? Salvation. Okay. Sorry? Ray. Okay, Ray. Norma said Ray. A book. A particular book? So, if you've been given a gift for your birthday or a Christmas present, which is the one that stands out the most to you? Ah, did everyone hear that? No. Oh, passed her driving test the day before her birthday. Any other gifts? Swimming with dolphins. Oh, that sounds amazing. What was that then? Nice, for our 40th birthday present. Was that a gift to you? Did you choose it? I chose it. Sounds lovely. One of the... Yep. I think you didn't say gifts are a totally unexpected... Yes. I'm tired and I've got lots of lovely gifts. I've totally overwhelmed. Yeah. One of the nicest gifts um, I was given, um, I had been growing tomatoes on my veranda in London and then I went travelling for a month so I was like I'm never going to see the, the fruits of my labour but my friend came to visit me and she unpacked her bag and inside the bag was a little tub of cherry tomatoes that I'd grown and she'd picked them and packed them and brought them all away and I just thought it was really a thoughtful thing for her you know, to do um, because I could actually then eat it and it was such a I mean that was years ago but remember it so gifts are the ones that you remember and like Gwen was saying perhaps you're overwhelmed by them or you know Ray being there um, you know your life partner you know another gift different types of gifts what pictures so pictures okay to put on the wall nice okay so before we start, shall we just pray? Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we can come together and to explore your word. Father, thank you for your gift of life to us. And Lord, as we just read this word in Ephesians, Father, I just want to pray that you reveal more of your word and of your understanding to us, Lord Jesus. Father, I just pray that as we leave this room, Lord Jesus, that we will leave with hearing words from you, Lord Jesus, that, Father, that it won't be my words, but, Lord Jesus, it would be your words, that you'd speak to each one of us according to your will. Father, we just ask it in your name. Amen. A bit vigorous, that fun. <laughs> um, 
So this morning we're going continuing through Ephesians, and it's Ephesians 3, 1 to 13. And it's entitled, God's Mysterious Plan Revealed. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In this sense, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was made known, not made known to the people of other generations, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel of the Gentiles, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So to recap, in chapters 1 and 2, chapter 1 in Ephesians was talking about being adopted into Christ's chosen family. So we're all adopted into that. So we're all part of one family. And left us with the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 2 is through grace that we've been saved. Verse 10, verse 10 of chapter 2, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And in verse 22, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes on to say he's going to explain a bit more about the mystery. So he's revealing the mystery, then he's going to explain the mystery, and then he's going to proclaim what the mystery is and preaching the mystery. So what is the mystery that he's talking about? In verses 2 and 3. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. So the definition of revelation is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. The revelation that Paul is talking about is life-changing, but not just to those who heard the words spoken in Ephesus, but also for us here today. It's still relevant for us here today. So it brought in spiritually a different world. And that change from his revelation and moving on into uh, life with Jesus going forward. So the mystery. Paul, originally, who was Saul, was a well-educated Pharisee. He taught... You know, he learned Jewish law, he taught it, he would know it inside out, and I'm sure he'd give Dave a run for his money. He would 
have known it back to front. He would have known it upside down. Um, you know, prior to his conversion, Saul was a man who persecuted, Christ, persecuted um, Christians. In Acts 7, we're told about the stoning of Stephen, a believer of Christ. Saul gave his approval for the stoning of Stephen's death. You know, and then there's this massive transformation when Saul is converted. It was miraculous. It was nothing more than that. It was a complete change from the world that he was inhabiting and thinking to a totally walking in a totally different way. He was given the new name Paul, which means small. He then started preaching to Gentiles. So what a turnaround for a Pharisee to even be sort of speaking to Gentiles, let alone preaching to them and encouraging them and giving them the word uh, to come to know Christ. He's, you know, actually encouraging them to do that. It was profound and it was life-changing. Paul would have been ostracised by those who knew him previously. His life would have changed, as I said, 180 degrees from being what was known as a respected teacher of the law to one that perhaps being talked about in hushed tones. Look, there's, there's Saul. Look, look who he's associating with. Some would have denied, you know, denied knowing him and more extreme wanted to arrest him, put him in jail and put him to death. And indeed, Paul has been in jail. But jail is not a barrier for Paul. So Paul's in prison because of his beliefs for telling the Gentiles and subsequent gen- generations to today. But it's no longer just the Jews that are open to receiving God's gifts and promises, but it's for all of us who believe in Christ. Everything that was promised to Israel is now open to us. So our future hope is as Gentile believers, we are joint heirs with Jewish believers. In the present, Jews and Gentiles are united in one body, in one church. And looking to the past, Gentiles share equally with Jews the promises made to Abraham in Genesis. Galatians 3, 26-29 So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptised into Christ, having clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we are now fellow heirs with the Israelites. Nothing given or done by men, but all given And it's a gift. It's a gift for you and for me. But how do you treat the gifts that you're given? Is it easy come and easy go? Or do you treasure it like you've saved up for it yourself? Sometimes it's very easy to take for granted all that's been given by God and what he's done for us. We haven't had to strive for it. You know, if we've not been a country that has been persecuted, then we've not necessarily had to really lean on God the way people have been persecuted do. So sometimes, I know for me, it's very easy to take things for granted. That, you know, God will always help me out. You know, 
just go along. And God is there every day of every minute of our lives. And as one of the words that was just given, you know, we can stand on that rock because God is there with us. He wants us and he wants to hold us hand through all things. So we're servants of Christ. We're not just given this freely to just do whatever we want to. We actually have a responsibility because of what we've been given. So Paul says to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul realised that the spiritual and material gifts given to us aren't just for ourselves, but also for others. Salvation isn't just for our own benefit. Jesus died not on the cross, not just for a few of his friends. He died for all of us. In the same way, we're to serve others. But we, can't, we don't do this alone, nor could we do it alone. We have God-given gifts and talents of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I just want you to turn to the person next to you, or a group of you, and I just want you to just talk about what your gifts are to each other, what you think your gifts are.
Okay, have you managed to share something that you feel is your gift? I was going to ask whether it was difficult to tell, talk about your gifts, but it obviously wasn't. Or was it? Did you find that difficult? No? Great. Okay. Does anyone want to share what some of them feel that their gifts are? Just one moment. Sorry? Gift of love. Great. And understanding. stopping in either. No <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else got another? Anyone else? Tony? Can you stand? The gift of prophecy. Thank you very much. Thank you. So sometimes it is actually difficult to know what our gifts are. You know, you perhaps not you wanted a gift, but you didn't realise you had it. But you know, it was there later. Um, and as a nation, we aren't generally good on bigging ourselves up about our own gifts and talents. We go to I know uh, American friends are very good at telling you. Do you know, that's brilliant to have that self-confidence to believe, actually, this is my innate gift. These are my gifts. Because it means you can then go and use them with confidence. But sometimes we're very apologetic about the gifts that we do have and a bit quiet about them and don't share them. So as you... Sorry, I don't know your name. Joe was saying, you know, it's good to use those gifts. They're 
not just for ourselves, are they? Those gifts are to go and use and to um, bless others with. In Corinthians, it's 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what has been decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I think we just sometimes just need to step out there and use them, don't we, to to bless others. But in doing so, by giving out more, we're actually blessed more as well. So we're all part of God's plan. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. We are a diverse group of people, and if you look around, we're all, we all look different. We all work in, have worked in different places. We all come from different places. We, have, we are many parts but one body. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's the passage about universe, unity and diversity. And in verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. So we all contribute to that bigger picture. We all have a part to play. And sometimes it's a bit hard to see ourselves as being able to contribute something. But sometimes we just need to step back and look at the bigger picture and see how we fit in and how we can actually work and work with others. So we don't need to look to others and go, I wish I had that gift. I wish I could sing. Or I wish I could speak another language. You actually need to look at the gifts that you have and use them. Verse 9 of Galatians 3 says, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So we are all ministers, which doesn't mean that we should be going after Rob's job. (laughs) I mean, who would want that job? (laughs) Bless him. (laughs) But it just means serving. One definition of the word minister is a person who officially represents their government in a foreign country as a lower, lower rank than an ambassador. And I quite like that definition. Perhaps it could be paraphrased. We have been appointed by, as Christ's ambassadors to represent and serve him in a foreign land with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're all out there to serve and to do a job. I.e. God's great plan is carried, and we, we are to do this, um, and it's through God's church. Paul knew his calling, and he understood his calling. He had a relationship with God. He didn't just use his knowledge that he had in the past and off he went. He had a relationship with God. He sat and talked to him. He communed with him. He prayed with him. Probably cried a few times as well with him. But he knew who he was and his calling. He understood that he was chosen to speak to the Gentiles, even though he knew all the Jewish laws wouldn't you think God would choose him to minister to the Jews? But he didn't to speak to the Gentiles. Paul had been humbled by his experiences. 
He was in prison for Christ, but he wasn't bitter about it. Rather, he rejoices. I mean, if you'd been put in prison, wrongly accused, and it would be foul prison, it wouldn't be, you know, a bed with a toilet and some food that served you. It would be horrid. Would I be rejoicing because I've been in prison? Probably not. Well, I know not. But not all of them have been called to go into prison, but each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has been called to serve God in an ongoing way. He wants each one of us to be open to be guided by the Holy Spirit, which may change with time and our life experiences. So what you were doing perhaps in your 20s, you perhaps might not be doing now if you're in retirement. Who would like to open a gift? Can you put your hand up? Yeah? All for you. Yeah. Thank you, dear. There you go. Open Can it up. Open it up. Yes. No jealousy, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. There's always yeah. one. It says a £10 challenge. So before you open it, the challenge is that you've got to share that £10 with somebody okay. or a few people. So whether it's to take them out for a cup of coffee yeah. or buy a £10 meal deal and invite them over, okay. that's the challenge. Do you accept it? Yes, I do. <laughs> There's only one, Tanner, sorry. <laughs> but it's, an, it's just an example of, and I'm going to ask you and a month to see if you've done it. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go into shower. <laughs> <laughs> but the aim now. is, yeah. I mean, the aim is that it's a gift. And you don't just keep this to yourself, do you? God has given us those gifts to go and do something with. It's not to sit on our hands and just go, oh, that's nice. God's given me the gift of singing. Oh, let me sing to myself. Which is great. But perhaps you can bless so much more or encourage others to come and join the choir with you. And in turn, they get blessed because they're singing and they're with more people and getting out of that house. So there's a, a bigger, bigger effect by you passing on your gifts. The church has a responsibility, Paul continues to say. In verses 10 to 11... His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Paul is saying that the church is responsible, that's you and me, for making the mystery known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's quite awesome, isn't it? That's incredible. Paul is saying the very existence of the church has a much higher purpose than we realise. God has chosen to reveal his wisdom through his church. That means he is revealing his plans to both angels and demons through his church. That's you and me here today. 
not through any other means. What an awesome responsibility that is. John Stott says, It is as if a great drama is being enacted. History is the theatre. The world is the stage. The church members in every land are the actors. God himself has written the play, and he directs and produces it. Act by act, scene by scene, the story continues to unfold. But who are the audience? They are the cosmic intelligences, the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. We are to think of them as spectators of the drama of salvation. Thus, the history of the Christian church becomes a graduate school for angels. So we're teaching the angels and also telling the demons. Isn't that amazing? Also quite frightening because it's a responsibility. In him and through him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So God is God of all comfort. Paul is saying not to worry about him in prison. He's not being, not false humility. He truly believes that there is a purpose in his sufferings and that it's to encourage others and speak to the Gentiles. Through trials and tribulations, we are comforted by Christ, but our trials and tribulations are also for the salvation of others. Our trials, our own trials, might bring us into situations and therefore people we never would have had the opportunity to meet. So maybe if you've been sick and you've been in hospital, maybe you've been bereaved and you've met other people through that, There's lots of reasons that you have trials, but there's also an avenue to meet other people we wouldn't normally meet. We are ambassadors of Christ. How we react in a given situation may make the difference between someone coming to know Christ or being totally turned off. So again, that's a responsibility, isn't it, to how we actually relate to people and what we say and how we react in given situations. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3-7, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we, we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. God is our comfort. He is with us through all things. So the mystery that Paul was revealing is that no longer are we just Gentiles that sit on the sidelines but we are part of God's family that we have been brought into it that we are part of this rich 
and glorious inheritance. The past promises that were given to Abraham also apply to us. That we have gifts and talents to be used in our everyday. In the ordinary life. Not just the extraordinary. In our going about our ordinary living life. And then we need to share that with others. We need to be able to tell others about the salvation of Christ. Not just because to share some words, but because we want to encourage them to be part of God's family. You know, to be able to share in the riches that God has given, the grace that he has given, the peace of the Holy Spirit to share with others. And Paul wants us to really take that on board, that we are actually speaking to the heavenly places about that as well, that we have that massive responsibility to actually speak into the heavenlies as well. So there's quite a lot to sort of go away with. Um, I hope that it's spoken to me. I know there's lots of things that I don't do. (laughs) Maybe that hopefully will change. Um, But perhaps we can stand... If we can all just stand for the moment. That's okay. You don't need to, Norma. <laughs> and can we just pray? Father God, thank you for just your amazing grace. Thank you that it's nothing that we've done, but everything that you've done. Thank you that we are part of your plan. Each one of us here has been predestined, Lord Jesus, into your plan. Father, thank you that you love each one of us individually. Thank you that you've given gifts to each one of us individually. Father, I just pray that we don't take those things for granted. Lord, if we have, forgive us. Help us to change, Lord Jesus. Help us to see each new day as a gift that we can share with others. Father, help us not to get so wrapped up in our own lives that we don't see other people and their needs. Father, help us to be able to use our gifts to bless others and to bless you, which then blesses us. Father, help us to make us realise that we are all part of that bigger jigsaw that if one of us doesn't pull our weight, then that actually means that somebody else is taking on the burden that isn't theirs. Father, help us to be more outward-looking. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us about what you want us to do. Help us to hear what you're saying. Help us to spend time to hear you, Lord Jesus. Forgive us when we don't. Father, help us to change to be the people you want us to be, to change for the better, to honour you and to bless you and to encourage those around us. Father, forgive us for the times we've not done that. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.